You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Fightingfaith18.com. That's an RB1 colon fantasy football podcast right there for everyone. I am your host, uh, humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Mr. Class, Jordan Smith, Just Clark Barnes. Oh man, I am all kinds of discombobulated today. I don't know why, but that was just a horrible introduction. You're doing great, Pete. It's exciting. I've done so many of these. I'm amazed that I am now, we're 70. This is our 70th episode. And I am now just kind of flummoxing through the uh, introduction. Didn't didn't quite figure that. But uh, how are you guys? How's everyone's day? Doing great. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. My uh, just a little, you know, going to take this kind of opening time to talk about me. My sure. biggest realization. <laughs> sure, why not? My <laughs> biggest realization today uh, was that I really wish I had the life of Mark Wahlberg. Uh, not just because of the fame and the great body and the massive <laughs> that we all know he has. Uh, but wow. he shared his daily schedule on Instagram, I think it was, uh, in like an uh, AMA. Uh, every morning, he showers from 6 a.m. to 7.30 a.m., then plays 30 minutes of golf, then snacks for an hour and a half, and then goes uh, into a Cairo chamber recovery for an hour. Best life ever! You know what? He wakes up at like... 3.30 in the morning or something like that. Goes to bed at 7.30. But I think the problem here is that he spends way too much time showering. That, that, that's too, too long of a shower. of showering. That is an impressive amount of time to be standing in water. I'm surprised that guy isn't just like constantly pruned. I mean, he does have fantastic hair. So. He does. I mean, he's a very good looking guy. And maybe that's the trick. Maybe the trick is, is that you need to shower for an hour and a half. I mean, I only shower for like 10, 12 minutes and I'm an Adonis. <laughs> I know. And just imagine, Clark, if you would like quadrupled or even quintupled that time. That's just rude with water usage to the world. That's just rude. Maybe he has his own uh, like water hot spring that he draws from. You think he makes his own water? That's that's, <laughs> <a principle. laughs> that's, that's what he left off the schedule. Yeah, exactly. He left that off the schedule. He gets he, up at, at 320 and then from 320 to 420 is when he makes the water for the day. Uh, he does, in fact, make his own water. It's called Aqua Hydrate, and I'm sure he just douses himself. <laughs> that's how he showers, really. With those water water. <laughs> Jordan, it's so often that you say things about pop culture that I hope that you're kidding, but I know that you're not. I just, no, I'm uh, not. No, it's 100% true. Aqua hydrate, man. It's it it's filled with those uh, Russell Wilson nano bubbles that that cure every ailment that you could possibly have. So get on that shit, everyone. So that was my realization of the day. Um, but in the actual podcast world, we've got all kinds of good stuff. We're going to be previewing week two. 
So we got that coming up for you. Uh, we got a little bit of news to start off the show. Um, and so, yeah, I guess let's just get right into it. Why, why, why would we delay? Why would we feel ourselves more? Let's take a moment to commend Doug Marone for watching tape and coming to the conclusion that the whole world had three weeks ago. Nathan Peterman, not a good quarterback. So it's Josh Allen time in Buffalo. I was really bummed. I was going to tell people to just play the Chargers defense because they're going to get another five interceptions like they got off of them last season. Uh, yeah, I can give you a tease and say that I'm talking about the Bills Chargers game this week and am not mentioning any Bills players. But Clark, does Josh Allen's introduction into the offense give slightly more fantasy value to receivers in Buffalo? Yeah, so I was. We have a sneaky start segment coming up later in the show. You'll have to stick mm. around for that. And I was really vacillating between Kelvin Benjamin and someone else, just assuming that Josh Allen was going to start because I feel like he'll chuck it up a la Case Keenum. I well, might have to change my man for that segment. Ooh. He did, in fact, chuck it up last week, and he sailed one to Kelvin Benjamin that ended up in the hands of a safety. So, well, so, but, but for Kelvin He's Benjamin's ready. fantasy value, that doesn't matter. I just need him to do that four times. Doesn't yeah. hurt him unless you have a Kelvin if he throws an interception. Negative points per drop. Oh, God. What kind of league would that be? Oh, Lordy. A devastating one. <laughs> that would, that would be awful. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so there you go. For all those people who said Josh Allen starting week two, well done, everyone. I I mean, it, it, it blows, blows my mind that Nathan Peterman even had another start under his belt, given what his performance was last year and just the fact that Buffalo literally has nothing going for them except for Josh Allen. So why not just throw Josh Allen into the fray and be like, go ahead? Yeah, Pete, you know, I don't like to say negative things about players. So, so we'll just have a moment of silence. That's it. So I will say negative. So it's Jordan. <laughs> no, I mean, I get that the Bills were a playoff team last year, but they were barely a playoff team. They like walked backwards into the playoffs and they might have this mentality of wanting to compete. But when you trade up to get a first round QB, I think that you should just kind of punt on this season and start him from the get-go just to see what you can get out of him. Give him as many starting reps as possible. Don't give Nathan Peterman reps. He's like, there are backups all around the league who are just way better than him. And it's just, it's confounding. He might, he must be just really excellent in practice or something. Or just, yeah. Or has like, has a lot of dirt on Doug Marone. And so anytime <laughs> Doug Marone's like, all right, Nathan Peterman, we're going to bench you. And Peterman's like, mm, are we, Doug? <laughs> are we? <laughs> There's this guy that plays for Nike that I think would make a much better quarterback. Oh, can we? Yes. Can we just get Colin Kaepernick? Gosh, please, please. Let's just get Colin Kaepernick in Buffalo and let's actually give the Bills some sort of semblance of, of being a uh, exciting and competent NFL team this year. Oh, man, that would really stick it to to Trump because he wanted to buy the bills. <laughs> that would be... He would have an explosion. Yeah, there would be a, a lengthy tweet coming from that signing. Uh, moving on to the news, right after I talked about how Philip Dorsett is for real and you should be adding him, the Patriots go ahead and sign Corey Coleman, uh, adding him to that receiving core. Will he pan out? 
Uh, no, I'm very much tempering my expectations since Coleman's biggest knock has been that he loses focus and doesn't catch the ball well, which are two things that don't often last long in New England. Uh, that being said, if he pans out, <laughs> I'm 100% bored on this train. He's a hyper-athletic and would basically give the Patriots another brand of cooks to stretch the field. So, yeah, let's see what Corey Coleman can do in New England. Former first-round pick, Patriots bring in a lot of former Browns and former Bills, and they do pretty decently. So Coleman has the luxury of being both of those. I saw an amazing tweet from Oliver Thomas, who's a, a Patriots – I think he's a beat writer now, but he he's uh, – a, a name in the Patriots Twitter knowledge people zone thing um, who, who tweeted out, uh, he said, with Parkevius Mingo, Danny Shelton, and Corey Coleman, the Patriots have now rostered three of the Browns' six first-round picks from 2013 to 2016. It's pretty impressive. Also, Browns. Oh, Lordy. Also, good job, Browns. Yeah. I'm not losing. I'm not losing. Count. Got it. Zero zero one, baby. That's the way to start your season. Uh, it would be the most Browns thing in the world to go zero zero and sixteen. Finally, in the news this week on John Gruden doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. The Raiders signed Martavis Bryant, and this comes after the Raiders traded for him and then cut him. And now, after realizing that Jordy Nelson is very old and can't play anymore, and Jared Cook should never be your best receiver, uh, they're bringing him back. So super work, John. Yeah, some life breathed into about 20 of Clark's MFL 10 rosters that he drafted. <laughs> suddenly, awesome. suddenly Clark's best ball leagues are all actually going to be doing decently. Yeah. Hey, man, first place in Scott Fishbowl in my division. Woo! I Why guess, don't I say that uh, now? Because uh, I don't think that's going to hold up. <laughs> well, it's an impressive feat. Well done, sir. I feel like they must have gotten some sort of word that maybe Martavis Bryant isn't going to be suspended. Otherwise, this just doesn't make sense again. Well, I'm wondering, so I thought if you were on the roster for week one, that your salary was guaranteed for the year. So this might have actually been a savvy move to cut him for week one and bring him back week two. Oh, interesting. Just so that you could structure him onto a contract that wasn't what he was coming from the Steelers with. I think so. I'm just trying to be contrarian with the Raiders. Like, you're just everyone... trying to be like, John Gruden knows what he's doing. Despite the fact that this is a John Gruden doesn't know what the fuck he's doing segment, you're trying to be like, no, 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 no. He actually does know what he's doing. want to offer some voice to the other side. That's all. Hey, my uh, hot take is I don't think the Raiders were as bad as I thought they were going to be. No, I am proud of my restraints from not tweeting after the Raiders marched the ball down the field and scored a touchdown after holding the Rams offense. I'm glad now that I didn't say anything at that point in the game. Yeah. It's still upsetting to me that Amari Cooper is just as Nick, Nick, I re-listened to, to Tuesday's podcast. One of my favorite parts about it is Nick getting visibly and emotionally upset that John Gruden is ruining careers in Oakland. And he's kind of doing it to Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has just kind of been, hasn't really been that present in the NFL in the last, uh, well, certainly not last week and, and not really last year. So, Amari Cooper, let's get back onto that. Uh, where I'm a professional athlete. I should uh, be doing professional things, Train. Who says that? Uh, so, there you go. There's your NFL news around the league. Um, so, now we'll just slide right in to our week 
two preview. Um, we're going to go around all of the games, gives our starts and sits. We're going to talk about the games. Uh, and last week, we just went through the games in order. But I've decided to uh, spice things up and break these games into four tiers based on my judging of both their fantasy and just general excitement levels. So we're going to try it out. We're going to see how it goes. And we'll start at the bottom and work our way up to the top. That way, you know, this is a, a trick in the biz to make sure that you listen to the entire podcast as opposed Pete, to... if you say the Texans in this segment, we are not going to be friends anymore. This is awkward. Oh, crap, you're going to say the Texans. <laughs> oh, we're going to start with the shit shows, and the first game on the list is the Texans and the Kibosh Titans. And Clark, I will say, let me just say, because I want to, I want to try to repair our friendship now that I have destroyed it. Uh, the only reason that the that the Houston and Tennessee game is in the shit show section is because last on Tuesday we specifically said that the Titans are a worthless team, and we have put the kibosh, and we're not discussing about anyone on that team except for Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry. So that was the reason they're in the shit shows, not the not the Texans. The game is just, I just don't trust this game is going to be good because the Texans are just going to walk all over Tennessee. It's just not going to be a fun game to watch. Okay, so back in the circle yes. of trust, Pete. Yes. And I'll I'll stick with the only talking about the Tennessee running backs. I think last week uh, I called it the James White was the back to start. He looked wide, wide open <laughs> all game, ha- had a crackerjack of a game. And I expect the same thing out of Deion Lewis this week. Uh, Marcus Mariota may not even play, so I think everything's going to run short passes to Deion Lewis unless Blaine Gabbard is uh, throwing to the other team all day, which we've seen before. So I would definitely start Deion Lewis this week. I think the Texans actually have a good interior run defense. So even though I do think Derrick Henry is going to have some value lots of weeks this year, I'm out on him for this game. Uh Houston did not look great. I just actually rewatched this game right before the pod, and it was tough. Deshaun Watson had guys at his feet all game. And so, I mean, I'm going to go with Watson because of where I drafted him, and I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins, but I am not looking forward to a lot of fantasy production out of this game. Yeah, before we hopped on the pod today, I was watching a little bit of NFL Live, and they were talking about the um, Titans offense and how there's already some – some rumblings in the locker room, some division about what's going on. And that's kind of alarming for week one. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if Mike Vrabels can, you know, tamper that down a little bit because he was a player like six years ago yet. So he's still relatively, um, got, he still has that player mindset of today's NFL um, defender, but I don't know. I'm worried about Tennessee. Um, Hopefully Matt LaFleur can do some things. Yeah, I'm on board with the Deion Lewis pick uh, just because, I mean, Clark, you nailed it last week with James White having having a role in that passing game out of the backfields and Deion Lewis will fill that perfectly. And if, you know, even if it is Mariota, he has an elbow injury. And so that doesn't mean he probably won't be able to put a lot of zip on the old ball, which means it's going to be a lot of check down stuff. And that could be where Deion Lewis thrives. So I like it. Yeah, I think the most interesting start-sit question, and I got this on Twitter and I vacillated and picked both, was do you start Dion Lewis or Lamar Miller this week? Ooh. I would say start Dion 
I went with Dion. Uh, I mean, especially since Alfred Blue looked particularly good uh, against the Patriots. If you if you agree with that, you just watched the game. He, both of the Houston running backs looked okay. Mm. I mean, I would say, ugh, man, come on, Texans, you're killing me. And you and you wonder why this game is in the shit show category. Uh, moving on to the next game in here, the Los Angeles Chargers against the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, this makes sense why it's in here. Uh, for me, I'm going to say start Phillip Rivers. Yes, obviously, if you have him, you're going to start him. But I am expecting a massive week out of Phillip Rivers. He had 424 yards and three touchdowns against the Chiefs last week. And that number would have been a lot bigger had his receivers not forgotten how to catch the football, uh, protect, particularly Travis Benjamin, who had uh, some egregious drops that would have been huge plays for the Chargers. The Bills defense made people start believing that Joe Flacco was a relevant quarterback again. So I can only imagine what Philip Rivers, who's an actually competent quarterback, uh, will do against them. So 100%, if you have Philip Rivers, start him. I went to the waivers and added Philip Rivers because uh, after Matt Stafford's pretty awful Monday night football performance, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to cut ties with this while I can, and I'm going to get myself Philip Rivers. What did we end up with for Stafford this week? Oh, uh, it was actually not awful. I think he threw he, a lot of TDs too. Yeah, I think he gave me seven, five or I think five points, five or seven points, which is terrible. Like, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So, yeah, uh, yeah not great. So I'm 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 rolling with Philip Rivers this week. And then for sits, uh, I'm only going to talk about the Chargers because let's be honest, the Bills have no fantasy value right now. Uh, sit Antonio Gates. I know the tight end position is in turmoil right now, uh, but at this point in career in his career, he's very touchdown dependent. And I think there's too many players ahead of him in the pecking order. Uh, he just saw only three targets against the Chiefs, despite the despite the fact that Philip Rivers threw it 51 times. So that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Gates is going to get a lot of looks uh, in this offense. So he's not someone who I would I would be starting in this game. Yeah, the Bills allowed the Ravens to. Um, enter week two as the top ranked offense in DVOA, the, the Ravens Yeah, that at the top. So if you're looking for somebody to start on the chargers, it's gotta be Phillip rivers. Cause it'll all start and end with him basically. Yeah. Melvin Gordon had a really good game. You're obviously going to start Melvin Gordon, but I, I think this is kind of the inkling of Melvin Gordon starting or finishing top five that a few folks had at the beginning of the year. That looks to be panning out. He was impressive in the passing game, which is something that he's shown flashes of before, but he really put it together last week. So, yeah, that's a performance that he could build on. I like it. Uh, All right, moving on to uh, the Oakland Raiders taking on the Denver Broncos. Jordan, talk to us about this game. So this guy just should continue to be a pretty strong flex play, and he might even by the end of the year move into wide receiver two position, but that's Emmanuel Sanders. Um we kind of harped on this at the beginning of the season that Emmanuel Sanders is a really good slot option for Case Keenum. And he went to that well several times with uh, 10 targets to Sanders, especially early in the season while, um, you know, guys like Cortland Sutton are trying to find their footing in the NFL. Um, And Oakland struggled against a pretty shifty wide receiver last week in Brandon Cooks. So I think that's a pretty good indication that the, the little guys who are pretty good route runners can have a pretty big day against Oakland. Um, for the sit, I got to say Amari Cooper. I know he, I started him in one league. Why? Um, as, as a flex option though. Like that's how 
solid I thought my receivers were. I'm not officially out on Amari Cooper like Ginger Nick is, but um, I think it should be noted that the Raiders played the Rams, who have two all-pro cornerbacks. And I think it was – I don't think we can expect a whole lot of fantasy relevance out of Jared Cook um, week to week because the game plan was clearly to go to the tight ends and the running backs because of how good those uh, defensive backs are. So that's why he saw a lot of targets. Um, Jared Cook, that is. And Amari Cooper is going to be blanketed by Chris Harris this week. So he is another really good corner. And um, yeah, uh, again, I'm, this is definitely a sit option. If you're waiting for Amari Cooper to uh, get back to his old self, I don't think it's going to be this week. Emmanuel Sanders is a guy who I think doesn't have the name and lights that draws people's attention and gets people excited. And so if you have someone in your league who has him, who's maybe not as in tuned with the NFL as maybe he or she should be, I would try to make moves for Emmanuel Sanders right now because in a couple weeks, he's going to be too much of a part of this offense and, and pr- have produced too much too consistently in order to be traded. But if you can get him now and kind of be like, oh, maybe that week one performance was just a fluke. You you don't really trust him, do you? You definitely want to take him for uh, Tariq Cohen. Like, yeah, that's a fair exchange. Um, do it. Get Emmanuel Sanders on your team because like you said, Jordan, he is he looks great. He's a very productive receiver out of the slot and case Keenum looks seemingly to be going to him uh, often and a lot. And that's going to lead to a very big season out of him. Yeah. I love Sanders in this game. I think he was a huge value this off season. Case Keenum ha- has no fear chucking the ball and Demarius Thomas has, he forgot how to catch a couple of years ago and is just not looking good. Emmanuel Sanders, <laughs> He's always been really good, except a couple of weeks or a couple of years, he's had some ankle injuries that stuck around. In the years that he wasn't injured, he's always been a fine receiver. Uh, so I, I love that pick. And I think in this game, everybody's going to be watching the Denver running back situation. Is it going to be Royce Freeman? Is it going to be Lindsey? That's going to be the, the big key for me. I went out and spent a lot of fab on Lindsey this week, and hopefully that will pay off. They could they could be uh, entirely replicating the Saints backfield because bo- it wasn't even just like a an unbalanced. The both of both mm-hmm. running backs, both Royce Freeman and and Philip Lindsay, had 15 carries for 71 yards, had the exact same stat line on the ground, and Lindsay just had catches that he turned into a touchdown. So I'll be very interested to see how that backfield ultimately plays out. Yep. In case Keenum needs it, if they can get that, the Broncos are back in. They're back yep. to being contenders. Yeah. No, I like it. All right, last team in the shit show category, we have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and my player to start from this game is Cooper Cup. Todd Gurley is going to do Todd Gurley. Um, you know, that's just how it goes. But if you're trying to pick between the three Rams receivers, Cup has my vote this week. Cup and Woods led the Rams in targets last week, and Cup and Cooks led the team in receptions. So <laughs> Cup is the... Uh, continuing factor there. The biggest thing that Cup has this week is that he operates in the slot, which frees him from Patrick Peterson. And uh, he seems to be one of Goff's go-to guys in the red zones, which means that he could be getting touchdowns when they're down close into the goal line. That's he hasn't really looked. That's not really Robert Woods nor Brandon Cooks's role. Um, and granted, we're seeing we've only seen a little bit of Brandon Cooks and this offense to know. But last year, C- uh, Cooper Cup was one of the leading receivers targeted uh in the red zone and so i think that continues so he's definitely someone who i would start those of those three receivers he's the guy who i'd pick and then my sit is 
sad pains me to say this. Larry Fitzgerald, this Rams defense is legit, and the Cardinals offense is most certainly not legit. The Rams held every receiver in Oakland under 30 yards, and I think that trend continues. Really, the only spots that Oakland got production from in this game was the tight ends. We talked about this tight ends and the running backs. So on the flip side, uh, I'm thinking a big week from David Johnson. But Larry Fitzgerald, I'm I'm benching uh, until I see a little bit more of this offense. Yeah, the um, the Rams can literally just have Larry Fitzgerald be shadowed by Marcus Peters or keep to leave with Lamarcus Joyner also just there being a pest all day long and they would be fine. Like, right. They wouldn't need to worry about anybody else in terms of pass catchers. Um, except, you know, maybe David Johnson can do some things uh, because Rams linebackers might be the weak spot, but they still did pretty decently last week. So yeah, maybe a bounce back week for Ricky seals Jones. We'll see mm, if the Rams are just bad against. Yeah. But we'd love to have you on Ricky. Uh <laughs> We'll see if it was just Jared Cook actually having the season that we've thought or hoped he would have for the past six years, or if the Rams are actually just bad at covering the tight end. So, mm. Yeah, no, if the Rams are bad at covering tight ends, that would be a saving grace for fantasy owners because then at least one position you'd be able to exploit whoever plays the Rams. It would be the one thing. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Because literally this Rams defense is perfect everywhere else. And so if their one Achilles heels heel was a tight end, that would be pretty nice. It would be nice to know that there is a team that you could consistently start tight ends against and get production. All right, so let's move on to our next category of games. One step above the shit shows, the if I'm bored games of the week, uh, starting with the Dolphins versus the Jets, which Clark, uh, who knows we're going to get out of this game. Yeah, uh, for Miami, I'm staying away from anybody not named Kenny Stills. There was a lot of excitement about Kenyon Drake Going into draft season, Frank Gore did plenty in the game last week against the Titans to just kill any hope that you had for Kenyon Drake dominating touches. So I'm starting Kenny Stills. I'm staying away from everybody else. The Jets defense looked really good against the Dolphins, and it's only one week. So we don't know, or sorry, the Jets defense looked really good against the Lions. We don't know if the Lions are just awful, but Matt Stafford's pretty good at football. So I think you have to give some credit to the jets here so i uh, i don't want is this, anything is this a defense it. start are you are you making a plug for a defense this no i'm not ready to start the jets yet but i'm afraid of them enough to yeah. caution no it's fair it looks good for team yeah. yeah uh so for the jets i'll stay in the same vein i'm staying away from anybody not named quincy anunwa Isaiah Crowell looked okay, but he had one huge run, which tilted his stats. So if you're just looking at the box score, it looks like he had a great day. And I don't, I'm not a take away the big run and then you have X person. But when we're trying to decide who to start, he, he didn't really have a great game and we're not expecting great things out of him. So I think there's a really limited fantasy game. If, if you're desperate, I'll start Crowell, but mm, I'm kind of staying away from this one if I can. Yeah, you play all the Jets. Just draft <laughs> all of them. Pick them up off waivers. They're all legitimate starts because that is one of the best football teams. I think cats must love the Jets because my cats are trying to break into the studio right now. Oh, uh, I know Jordan, <laughs> your cat loves cat break. the Jets. Yeah. Yes, the RB1 podcast studio that we're all recording. we got to start doing YouTube stuff because I got my I got my Texas hey, your flag. flag? I know. I was just to trying to figure out. Actually, I was... It's funny you bring this up. I was trying to figure out how to do some like cool, nice uh, graphics 
while we live stream. Um, so maybe I'll look more into that and maybe we'll start doing, maybe we'll start live streaming these pods so that people can tune in both live and then listen to it after the fact. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, I love the Quincy and Nunwa, uh, start that he, if you're just going purely off of week one performances, he might have been the receiver in the waiver wire, likely not on a team that, uh, is your number one target. He was the number one target on the Jets and produced and performed and was clearly Sam, uh, Sam Darnold's go-to guy. So I'm a big fan of that. And Kenny Stills, Nick was all aboard the Kenny Stills train on Tuesday's podcast, and I have to agree with him. Yeah, you now get rid of Jarvis Landry. Jordan, you brought this up. I mean, Jarvis Landry takes up so much of that offense, um, and now all of that kind of targets and volume is free. Kenny Stills can shine. Uh, I would, I'll be excited to see what he can do in Miami. Agreed. Um, I'm still kind of waiting. This is going to be a game I watched a little bit closely to see where the Miami Dolphins are at truly because uh, they looked pretty okay last week. But um, unlike the Titans, I still feel like there might be more to get out of this offense. And they had just a, a bizarre situation. I mean, when are we going to learn not to have opening week in Miami? I know. I mean, they're f- currently the Panthers are figuring out what the hell they're going to do about their game. Yeah, no, this this could be this could really count as like week one for Miami. Hopefully we'll get a better sense of how this off offense is going to operate uh, moving forward. All right. So let's go to the next game in the uh, if I'm bored category. And that is the New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. Jordan, um, who are you starting and sitting from this game? Um, I am starting, we'll start with, uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, he should just kind of be a consistent starter, but I really bring this up because I believe that there were, there's a lot of panic about tight end production last week. Cause there was like five ish good performances and three of those you probably weren't even aware were happening. Um, so I, I just want to say it's not panic mode just yet. Um, the Jags are good at defending tight end. So that's why Evan Ingram was only limited to two catches. Um, but the Cowboys, not so much good at covering the tight end. Um, Greg Olson was on his way to a pretty decent game before he got himself injured. He was averaging over 15 yards per catch. Uh, granted, must be stated that he only had two of those, but I, he was pretty, pretty open on those. And I don't, I don't think any, I don't think anybody on the Cowboys can cover a tight end. I just don't believe in them. Um, sit. I'm sorry for bashing the Cowboys so much, but I think it's time to give up on the deck. Prescott fantasy um, experiments. He's not much of a scrambler. He only had like five rushes for 19 yards. And at this point he might just be worth dropping. Um, He has, he has no weapons that can catch the ball consistently outside of Cole Beasley. Um, The Panthers don't have a great secondary, but there was still no open targets last week. Um, And I, I just don't think it can be understated how much that team as a whole misses Travis Frederick in the middle. Yeah. On the offensive line, I, I just think that's such a huge loss. Um, and they have really good linemen in different spots along the line, but just being that guy under center to get the ball to Dak Prescott to protect him up the middle, I think that's very key. And the the Giants have a pretty decent defensive line that can provide pressure up the middle. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the the drop Dak or I mean Benjamin and, and if you're like really certain that he's going to have a comeback but I 
yeah, if he was on my team, I would drop him in a heartbeat. I just don't think that he, even if he returns to being a good quarterback, he's not put, he doesn't put up numbers to the point where you're like, yeah, this is a 20 to 25 point per week quarterback who I'm going to start regularly. I'd rather have Andy Dalton. He's still on a Ooh, lot of waivers. Red rifle. I mean, that's tough. And I'm shocked that you said it, but I, the yeah. longer I think about it, I can't disagree with you. It's all about that time to process and let the thought mature that it uh, becomes very hard to argue against. I'm taking uh, a lot of notes from our um, show that we had of the people that we, we just got to stop loving. And I, I think I'm cutting bait a lot sooner with some some players this year. I think so, too. I'm feeling that as well. I definitely have a like Matt Stafford is a perfect example. He had one bad game and and I love Matt Stafford. I rode him all of last year and years past because he's, you know, a quarterback that routinely finishes in the top 10 at fantasy quarterback and you can get well into the 11th or 12th round. Um, yeah, he gives me one bad game and I'm like, all right, Matt Stafford, I don't got time for your shit right now. Philip Rivers, let's ride. I was trying to get myself Pat Mahomes, but I didn't have the waiver wire number for it. I, I am not changing my perspective. I am going to hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah. And double down on Stafford. His receivers are too good not to yeah. double down on. Yeah, him. I know. Jack I... Prescott does not have that luxury. Yeah. Yeah, I might have I might have pulled the trigger on Stafford a little early. But we'll see. Uh all right, moving on. The well, speaking of which, the Detroit Lions versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, my start for this game. Speaking of Matt Stafford, targets Golden Tate. Despite the Lions falling apart last week, uh, Tate had a pretty good game, posting 79 yards and a touchdown on seven catches. Um, I'm thinking he's going to put up a similar stat line against the 49ers, who gave up seven catches and a touchdown to the Vikings slot receivers last week. Um, Jordan, we were you talked about uh, back in our week one preview about the Richard Sherman effect. Richard Sherman is obviously a very good corner, um, but he doesn't move into the slot, and that's where Golden Tate operates. And also, after such a bad performance like Stafford, I could see him wanting to kind of go to his security blanket and get the yak monster Tate, uh, let him take over and kind of get the ball in his hands and see what he can do. Um, For sits, this isn't crazy. Uh, I couldn't – I tried to think of – I thought a while on this because I tried to be like, all right, what kind of saucy player can I put in the sit here? But – uh, sit Dante Pettis, who is the rookie receiver in San Francisco. He's a hot waiver wire ad. Um, he had two catches for 61 yards and a touchdown against the, uh, Vikings. And so a lot of people were like, Ooh, is this Jimmy G's new favorite go-to receiver? Yeah. I'm saying slow down on that role. Uh, there were three receivers ahead of him in terms of targets. And the only reason that Pettis hit the field was because Marquise Goodwin was injured early in the game. If Goodwin's good to go, Pettis has no value in my mind. Um, uh, I also think, Pierre Garcon and Trent Taylor, who Jimmy Garoppolo targeted more than uh, than Pettis, are going to have much better games because Detroit doesn't have this the corners that the Vikings do, nor the pass rush that the Vikings do. Um, so I wouldn't get wrap, too wrapped up in the waiver wire hype and you know cool your roll on the Pettis. Yeah, you saw as soon as uh, Jimmy G started starting last year uh, that Marquise Goodwin was his go-to guy, right? targets had to just go elsewhere um as far as golden tate goes he's one of those like just hand guys like emmanuel sanders we already talked about um jarvis landry is one of those guys that even if the offense all around them is kind of falling apart and imploding they're still going to get their points because they are 
essentially sure things to move the ball even a little bit. So that's that's where a lot of uh, sorry Golden Tate's uh, value started to come in last week is because he he had to hit somebody. That's such a good yeah. That's a really good point. I like that. Yeah, listeners to last week's pod may remember I was really struggling with uh, at W Shaw's question to me of Amari or Tate, and my initial reaction was Amari. Thank you, Ginger Nick, for explaining why that was stupid. And in time to make the correction, I decided Golden Tate. Yeah, yeah, he's a good. He's a good start. He's a good get. The the only other thing I want to say is like, I know Stafford had a terrible game, but but he is good. So if if you have an extra roster spot to get another quarterback and hold on to him, I would I would recommend that. That's cool, Clark. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Don't cool. do what Pete did, cool. basically, as a takeaway. Cool. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Maybe it's Nick that's influencing our um our inner drive to cut bait a lot. I know Nick is a guy he, who axes people real fast. He is like, I'm out on this. You cannot change my mind. Amari Cooper, whereas, no. <laughs> whereas like in last year when it was just the three of us in the pod, we'd be like, Well, let's give them it's like week nine. It's like give them another shot. Let's just see what they can do. Don't you could talk us yet. into somebody. Like yeah. you could talk us into anybody if you yeah. gave a compelling argument. We can spin a narrative. Uh, all right, final category, uh, final game in this category. The Cleveland Browns hope to get an actual win against the New Orleans Saints. Clark, do you? Uh, who are you starting? Who are you sitting? So again, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but I think you start your Browns with confidence yeah. against a New Orleans defense that looked pretty terrible. I guess Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has had some good games in the past, so maybe they're not that bad, but they're not any better than the Steelers, and we got a lot of good performances out of the Browns last week. So Hyde, Landry, Tyrod, absolutely. Um, We'll have more on one more Cleveland Brown that I think you should start. What a tear. I'm sitting in Joku. God, the guy looks amazing, but Tyrod Taylor (sighs) – it's been several years now, and he just does not seem to care for the tight end. So I'm not cutting him unless I have a real great opportunity. But I'm sitting in Joku. You're just, just waiting. You're waiting for Baker Mayfield to take over, and then David and Joku is a hot commodity. Guys, I have Jarvis Landry in a couple leagues, and I was able to get him as like a flex and a wide receiver number two. Oh. Fifteen targets last week. He's yeah. in the ballpark of Odell. Golden Tate, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, who was the only one that really received any targets in that Atlanta Philly game. Yeah, anyone, anyone, who, anyone who tried to convince you that Jarvis Landry was going to be a different player in Cleveland or receive less targets or be less of the offense, uh, yeah, tell that person to go to hell. So many, like, if you have Game Pass or if you recorded the games, so many of his catches were fantastic. He's not catching like little screens, but Tyrod is not the most accurate quarterback in the world. And Jarvis Landry is still making it work. He had a couple of brilliant catches. Didn't get a touchdown, but he's kind of like the golden Tate plus, like you guys Mm -hmm. said, even if things don't work out, he gets you 70 yards. Uh, I love Landry. Uh, Thanks internet for cutting out there. The the rest of the segment, Uh, we've got the new Orleans saints, you're starting Kamara, Breeze, and Thomas. That's stupid. Of course you're going to. Uh, I'm kind of sitting out on everyone else. It looks like the desperation play in New Orleans is still Ted Ginn. He's still getting deep targets. So if you're desperate and you need a flex, maybe Ted Ginn. But 
I don't want to start Mike Gillisley. Traquan Smith, I'm holding on to him, but I'm I'm not starting him. And uh, just for the record, guys, who had uh, Alvin Kamara highest rated on get the, on get the team staff? Get out. Another that? thing that Nick has introduced into this are these rhetorical questions about yeah. how great you are. To be fair, though, I make it painfully obvious that I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's That's a little true. bit subtle. He did a really he does a really good job of phrasing the question like, oh, did anyone bring up this person? Um, yeah, no, my 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 uh my bold claim that Alvin Kamara was not gonna live up to the hype is it's only one week. I mean, to be fair, everyone not- last year, week one was like, I told you Mike Gillisley was gonna get 400 sure. touchdowns. Mike Gillisley was gonna be get uh beat beat LeGarrette Blunt's 18 touchdowns, but that didn't work out. I do have to say, if you're if you're really starting to have a full on tilt on the tight end performances last week, that Benjamin Watson could be a sneaky play. Yeah, he could be a nice stream option. Um, all right, on to our third category of games: our could be good games, the ones that could quickly become enticing games for both the fantasy performances and just fun to watch. So let's start with the banged up Falcons, hoping to get back on track against the Panthers and the guy who you should be starting from this game. It's not going to be surprising. It's nothing new. It's Christian McCaffrey. And I am so certain about Christian McCaffrey as the player that you should be starting. We are introducing a new part of our weekend our weekend previews where we get real bold and real particular with our claims. Christian McCaffrey, start of the week. He is going to get you, at the very least, standard or PPR, 20 points. Lock it down. 20 points from Christian McCaffrey this week. The Falcons defense has taken some big hits over the last few weeks, losing Keanu Neal and linebacker Deion Jones. And you can bet North Turner and the Panthers are going to exploit this banged-up defense. Jones was the Falcons' hyper-athletic linebacker that could do it all and cover Christian McCaffrey. But uh, now that he's out, I don't know who's going to cover Christian McCaffrey, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see McCaffrey have a huge game both on the ground and in the air. Uh, and then for sits... Until I see anything out of this Falcons offense that mildly resembles confidence, I'm benching Matt Ryan. Not touching it. Not touching him. Not touching the glazed donut. Um, plus, the Panthers defense plays played pretty well last week. So, yeah, I'm benching Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think yeah. you bench anybody not named Julio Jones. And even and, uh I promise I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of Twitter, and I hear that the Falcons are just bad against running backs. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you're going to start Christian McCaffrey anyway, but this is the week where you're like, I bet McCaffrey outscores so-and-so, and if I win, you pay for my pluckers. Like, right. this is the week to make those side bets on McCaffrey just going Or, or if you're a DFS person, put McCaffrey in every lineup you possibly can. Yeah, I get that it was the... Um, I'm, I'm going to jump to Matt Ryan here. I get that it was like the first game of the season, and it's on a Thursday, and that can be weird. It's in philadelphia's stadium after they just you know received their rings but matt ryan just didn't look good uh steve sarkeesian is bad at his job and that's just not something that you can come back from i I don't know what they do from here because the falcons are exactly who they were last year and that's worrisome i don't know if they have the ability to change anything or flip any sort of switch no, it's week one, but I'm already alarmed. I think Sark is the uh, next coach that we try to get fired. The Atlanta Falcons 
offense deserves a lot better. I prefer to think that it's the next coaching opportunity that we try to realize for someone. Ooh, Clark, spinning it to sound so positive. Oh, man, that's why you're our PR guy. Um, yeah, so there you go. All right, so let's move on to the aforementioned Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles, going to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Jordan, do you foresee uh, another shootout on the rise, or is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to turn back into a pumpkin, and are we all going to be like, well, shit, I wish that I did not start Deshaun Jackson. Um, yeah, why don't we just start right there, sit Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, unless you're in like a, a deeper league, uh, I don't think he's capable of putting up five touchdowns again. It kind of just feels like an anomaly to me, um, or at, le- at the very least, isn't very sustainable. Um, last week, the Eagles, you know, they did really well, even though it was against, you know, the aforementioned Falcons and Matt Ryan. Um, but they had the second rank pass defense in DVOA, um, while the Ravens had the top rank, um, I mean, offense. Yeah, I said offense. Um, well, the Ravens had the top one, but the Ravens were playing an NAIA team. So essentially the Eagles had the best pass defense last week. And I'm just not confident that Fitzpatrick is going to go out there and light it up against the defending Super Bowl champions who have just a really solid pass rush. And um, they have solid linebackers as well. Uh, the start, I'm going with Nelson Aguilar. Um, he didn't put up too many points last week, but at the same time, he felt like he was a really good go-to option. Um, I'm sensing a theme in a lot of my picks now that you should just go with the guy that can um, come out of the slot and catch a lot of passes. (laughs) (laughs) But last week, despite, you know, it being a shootout, the bucks were um, still 31st in past DVOA, um, which isn't great. Uh, the Bucks' best defensive back for Aaron Hargraves is on IR now, so he's not going to be on the field to kind of neutralize Nelson Aguilar. Um, and Aguilar also tied for the team lead in targets with 10, so until Alshon Jeffrey gets back, there aren't a lot of options that Foles can go to, and Doug Peterson is making it a point of getting Foles completions. Like, get putting him in a position to complete passes that he knows that Foles can make. And um, I think Aguilar just fits that bill. I like the Aguilar pick because <clears throat> he's someone, he's a receiver who we've seen big games out of before. Um, and if the right situation presents itself, he could definitely capitalize. I'm starting to think that the, uh, the new trend in fantasy football is that if it's not a big name receiver, just go with whatever team has a receiver in the slot, because that tends to be where most of the production comes from, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, you even see some of the best receivers start getting right. time in the slot and getting a certain percentage of snaps. You're seeing that with Odell Beckham Jr. So it's it's a really good position for a lot of guys, especially Aguilar, who found success last year as soon as they finally started playing him in the slot. Cool beans. All right, so then let's move on to uh, the Indianapolis Colts versus the team from Washington. Clark, give us your start and sits for this game. All right, I'll try to make it quick here. Uh, Luck and TY are a go for Indy, and that's it. Uh, AP and Chris Thompson are a go for Washington. I'm gonna let I'm gonna go ahead and start Jordan Reed too. Had a good game last week. Uh, Washington had 13 wide receiver targets in Week One, so I'm passing on every wide receiver on the team from Washington. 
And a little bonus segment for this one. Ooh. Sneaky stash. Naheem Hines looked pretty good after a very up and down offseason. And the rest of the running backs in Indianapolis looked mediocre at best. The offensive line is getting Andrew Luck no time. So don't start him, but grab Naheem Himes if you have an extra slot on your bench and, and stash him because this is how the Alvin Kamara thing happens. Clark, was there uh you 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 just kind of broadly said the running backs, uh, other running backs in uh, in Indianapolis didn't look great. Is there any other rookie running back in in uh, Indianapolis that particularly didn't look great? Yeah, the great namesake of this podcast, uh, Jordan Wilkins. Oh, no. Looked about as good as Kristen Michael, who oh. for you older fantasy fans are someone that we've been waiting to hit for decades, it feels like, at this point. Wow. I I, I thought I heard somewhere that, that uh, Jordan Wilkins was going to be a top 12 fantasy running back. Man. Wow, hey, seems- you got to give running backs some time to get momentum <laughs> when they're a rookie, okay? And... I don't know. I think he will be fine. One guy I expect to have a little bit better of a day is um, Jack Doyle. So I, again, I'm I'm all in on slot receivers and tight ends bouncing back for week two. Um, and I just I liked how like just homery Andrew Luck was and his post game press. Guys, I, I'm just really happy to be running out there in a Colts uniform. I know it sounds cheesy. <laughs> It's a good look. Impression. That was my Andrew Luck impression. I liked it. Uh, I like just seeing Andrew Luck back on the football field, man. And for all of our worries about his shoulder, he, he looked like he could still sling it. Um, and the reason why I put this in the in the could be a good game category is because it wouldn't surprise me if this because neither of these. I mean, the Colts have a garbage defense, and Washington's defense isn't maybe much better. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if this game becomes a shootout, in which case I love T.Y. L- T. Y. Hilton since Luck knows how to throw to that guy and we'll just be ripping balls downfield. Um, so I could see this game actually becoming mildly exciting, uh, even with all of the hate that we love to show, particularly me, love to show to the Colts defense. Love me some Ghost Hilton. Gotta love him. Final game in this category, we have the Monday night football game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Chicago Bears um, because the Bears made it a game with the Packers. Maybe they'll do it again with the Seahawks. Maybe they'll win this one, though. Uh, for starts, I'm saying start Jordan Howard. I was worried heading into this season about exactly what Howard's workload would be, um, splitting carries with Tariq Cohen and all that. But it seems like the backfield is still solidly his. He had 71% of the snaps and led the back and touch uh, backfield and touches with 20. If you got him, roll him out against the Seahawks, uh, who no longer have an intimidating defense to worry about. And they got burnt by the Broncos running backs. And I would expect Howard and even maybe Tariq Cohen to have similar success. So definitely a start. Um, and then a sit, Russell Wilson. Uh, maybe I'll regret this, but watching Khalil Mack just destroy Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Kaiser Sunday night. Uh, I can only imagine the performance that he'll put on uh, when they face an offensive line equivalent of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is just all around a bad product, no matter how you try to spin it. So if you have Russell Wilson, this is the week to stream a quarterback, in my opinion. That is a super hot Indiana Jones take right there. But also, I agree with um, the Jordan Howard play. We talked about this guy a lot, and he's just consistently a 
he's going to get his yards on the ground. Um, he's kind of a grinder, but he looked pretty shifty last week. And if you were watching the Bears and Packers game with as much anxiety as I was, you noticed that when Tariq Cohen was about to do something or when you felt like the play was going his way, he was motioning around or splitting out wide and being more of a, a slot guy and in the mold of Tyreek Hill. It's exactly what you know everybody was predicting that they were going to do. I'm starting Russell Wilson, you jerk. <laughs> I just... I think, I mean, he, I said, I could be entirely wrong and I could live to regret this. Russell Wilson often makes people regret people benching him, but just Khalil Mack and that Bears defensive line was just ripping the Packers offensive line apart. And the Packers offensive line is at least decent, whereas the Seahawks offensive line is far from that. And so. I just don't I don't know if I want to risk Russell Wilson starting a quarterback who's going to be scrambling for his life and just chucking balls and prayers. I know they had their moments, but Aaron Rodgers in approximately two and a half quarters still finished as the fifth QB in ESPN scoring. It's fair, but he also had a better offensive line and their whole offense became quick little check downs that Randall Cobb broke into an 85 yard run touchdown. Quick passes. Top 12 quarterback this week, Pete. I say yes. And I say no. All right. All right. There it is. Well, top 12 is a lot. That's a lot. Top Starting 10. quarterback. You're All saying right. stream Fine. over Russell Wilson. Oh, top seven. Damn it, Clark. You're locking me down into my, my bold claims. Fine. Top 12. He's out of it. Quick passes. Possession wide receiver. Brandon Marshall, anyone? Mm, Brandon Marshall never dies. No Doug Baldwin. I mean, who else are they going to throw the freaking ball? Yeah, to? everyone's everyone's uh, loving themselves some Tyler Lockett, which, yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily same share the same affection, but we'll see. Uh, all right, finally, our top category are games of the week. So, Jordan, start us off with the Bengals and the Ravens battling it out for NFC North supremacy. Now that the uh, Steelers and Browns are currently sitting at 0-0 and 1. Yeah, so um, I am going to go with one Javorius Allen um, as a start option this week. Um, if you're looking for, you know, maybe in some deeper leagues to get a good flex option or um, maybe you had Kenneth Dixon as a starter, I hope you um, handcuffed um, Javorius Allen. Um he did have a pretty decent amount of volume last week. Um, he was a good pass catching option. Kenneth Dixon was placed on IR, so there's going to be some more opportunity available. And I, I don't think Alex Collins did as well as everybody thought he was going to do, but um, I think Javorius Allen can be a pretty good option to get you some PPR points. Um, the sit option, again, I'm not following the hype after a week one performance against the Buffalo Bills. I'm putting Joe Flacco on the bench if you have him. Um, the Bills were historically bad in week one. Okay, I know we already talked about this, but they had the fourth worst week one DVOA of all time. Like, not just of this year or the past five years, of all time. Um, so it's hard to contextualize how good the Ravens actually are. Um, and the Bengals, again, they've been one of those teams that – you know, despite sometimes not having all the talent there, they can cause some issues for opposing offenses. Um, it, again, all starts with Gino Atkins right there in the middle. And if you put some pressure in Joe Flacco's face, uh, he might be putting the ball into the defense's hands. I like John Brown. And 
I like Joe Mixon, who, boy, he looks good. Joe Mixon does look good. Kind of obvious, but yeah, I think that's, I think you nailed that one. I like the Buck Allen pick too, because I think everyone's going to be thinking that Alex Collins is going to have a bounce back week, but, but Buck Allen has tended to, has always been the kind of pass catching back uh, in Baltimore and has had production has had times last year where he was the number one guy and, and put up a lot of production. So I could see a similar result. I like that as a sneaky, as a sneaky start. He can steal some goal line snaps too. Yeah. Which He's a big guy. Alex Collins's value sometimes. Yeah, no, I like that. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, all right, let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Woo! Going to witness Pat Mahomes back behind center. Um, player to start for this game, Juju Smith-Schuster. He had five catches for 119 yards last week against the Browns. And the Chiefs defense is literal Swiss cheese. As they gave up aforementioned 424 yards, Phillip Rivers. And we all know that it could have been a lot more if his receivers remembered how to do their job. Uh, and you can bet the Steelers are going to come out pass happy against this putrid secondary. Um, I also have this in my notes, and I want to quickly do a little side tangent. Uh, we give John Gruden and and the Raiders organization, I mean, John Gruden specifically, just because he was the guy who kind of orchestrated the whole thing, a lot of shit for not signing Cleo Mack and for trading him. After watching the Chiefs defense just get picked apart in the air, if there's if they start having uh, a couple more performances like this where their secondary looks like hot garbage, I feel like the same level of shit can be given to Andy Reid and the Chiefs front office for not signing for passing on Marcus Peters and for trading him so quickly without having any kind of succession plan behind him. Um, I'm not saying right now, but I just feel like, you know, that that is something that that could happen. So that's just a little side tangent that I had um, for sits this week. <sighs> Sammy Watkins. Uh, he's sadly falling into the prove it first category for me after Clark and well, Clark really was the one who did this, but I guess I joined in towards the end of it uh, who hyped him up all, all off season. It's clear that he and Pat Mahomes just aren't on the same page quite yet. Uh, and if any receiver is going to have a bounce back game written into the game plan, uh, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. The chiefs are going to get him involved over getting Sammy Watkins involved. So I'm going to wait to see a big game out of Watkins before I think about starting him regularly. Yeah, it was weird last week that Patrick Mahomes was chucking it all over the field. And Sammy Watkins can be a deep threat guy. Um, But I I think the Chiefs just had a a weird week last week, uh, despite winning because Kareem Hunt, uh, Travis Kelsey, and you can throw Sammy Watkins into that mix. They just somehow didn't get as much participation in the offense. Um, And you're right. I think the pecking order is going to try to get Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt a little bit more involved in the offense over Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I hope things are a little bit more distributed in Kansas City next week. I'm going to bet that they are. Uh, I I will not argue against somebody who's going to bet against it, though. (laughs) Such a such a confident bet. I'm going to bet this. But if you were to bet against me, I'd probably agree with you. This is one of those. I'm going to put my money on this game. I am not telling you that you should put your money on this game. That's fair. 
Yeah, I mean, this Chiefs offense has shown that it's hyper-explosive, and if it can spread the ball around, because it's got a whole bunch of players on there that can make explosive plays, if they can spread the ball around and become like a very balanced attack, it would be great for both my fantasy team, because I've got Sammy Watkins on it, um, and also just in terms of general production, because uh, they would be very tough to cover then. So That being said, it seems like no defense can cover Tyreek Hill, so... What are we all pretending? Uh, all right, let's move on to the New England Patriots and what might be the game of the week. Well, no, the next game is the game of the week, let's be honest. But this could be a good game. Uh, New England Patriots heading down to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Clark, your favorite team in the NFL. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? So I think this one's pretty simple. I'm starting James White and Gronk. The Jags defense overall is fantastic. They're getting great pass rush. So I think they're going to go, the Patriots, that is, are going to go with a short passing game. Really like James White leaking out of the backfield. Gronk is always a start. You're just always starting Gronk. I'm out on all of the rest of the Patriots, including Tom Brady. Uh, Of course, it depends on your league, but there are 15 quarterbacks maybe that I would feel more comfortable starting this week instead of Tom Brady. For the Jags, I don't want any part of the Jags offense at all. So sit all of your Jags. Um, yeah, no. And I like your bold claim of starting Tom Brady. I agree with you. He, you know, it's going to be in Jacksonville facing the best defense in the NFL. Sometimes Brady is historically great against in these situations. Sometimes he decently average and you're like well that was i mean we got the win but you know brady threw for you know 200 yards and a touchdown and a pick it's not great fantasy numbers agreed okay you were just you're standing in such a contemplative state that i thought you were just frozen but no all right final game of the weekend and very possibly slash most likely the game of the weekend the minnesota vikings head to lambeau field to take on the green bay packers year after anthony barr ends the packers season by breaking aaron Rodgers' collarbone in half now aaron Rodgers comes with a sprained mcl knee thing that we still are kind of slightly unsure about um jordan from this game starts and sits um yeah so it's pretty easy to pick a start on Minnesota. Um, Dalvin Cook, even when he wasn't getting it going on the ground, he still had six catches for 55 yards. Um, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are probably just starts on a regular basis because either one of them can just go off. Or like last week, both of them can score points. Um, so I still think you should start Devontae Adams. Um, I don't think you should be... Uh, especially afraid of Xavier Rhodes covering him, uh, especially when Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback because Aaron can put it wherever he wants on the field. Um, Devontae does have a little bit of a shoulder issue, but uh, that didn't stop him from running all over the field last week. After only having Rodgers for a small portion of the Vikings game last year, so Devontae only played in that week six game against the Vikings. He didn't play them later in the year. Um, He still hauled in five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Um, So Devontae Adams isn't necessarily scared of being locked down. Um, And I think that 
Sunday night kind of proved that Rodgers does like to go with players he trusts in difficult game situations. Um, I think that was fairly well evidenced by Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and Randall Cobb all getting the majority of the looks um, and explains a little bit why, you know, Jimmy Graham and some of the other younger receivers just really weren't involved in that comeback at all. Um, some sit options, um, Jamal Williams, again, uh, the case keeps getting stronger to um, roster Aaron Jones and wait for him to come back next week. Uh, Jamal Williams only had 15 rushing attempts for 47 yards last week. Um, and now he's going up against the Vikings defense, which is better than the Bears defense, some might say. Um, he doesn't do well when the running lanes aren't just wide open. And I don't see that happening with Minnesota, especially with their quick linebackers and with Harrison Smith coming in as a cannonball. Um, the best thing that Jamal Williams done, I don't mean to throw too much shade at Jamal Williams, but the best thing he does is pass block. Um, and I'm sure with Aaron Rodgers, if he's still hobbling around back there, that he'll probably be doing a lot of that this week. Um, and the, Vikings Packer games are always just tough. And I kind of see this becoming a chuck it all over the field type of game. Yeah. Why the hell is this game at one o'clock, but we get to see the bears in prime time two weeks in a row. See, this is why we do our own categories because this game is in prime time on the podcast, but I totally agree with you, Clark, the Seahawks and the bears really is our Monday night football game. Let's uh, let's make Minnesota green Bay Monday night. Come on. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going for there. Yeah. I, and the thing is, it's like neither of these teams are surprises. You know, it's not like in the creating of the schedule that the NFL was like, well, I mean, the Vikings would have to come out of nowhere to make this game seem important. No, we knew the Vikings were the best team in the NFC North and the Green Bay Packers have to earn that right back. So, you know, there you go. And it'll all happen Sunday day at 1 p.m. Tune in. <laughs> Unless you have a regional game that blocks it out. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're watching the Texans versus the Titans. Fire up that Sunday ticket. No, thank God. That'll be on CBS. So this will be on Fox. Unless Fox is... No comment about Fox. Never mind. Oh, boy. Are we getting Joe Buck and Troy? Oh, my God. Don't yes. So there you go. There's your week one, uh, week two preview. Got to all kinds of starts and sits for you. Um, Clark, did you want to do your your epic start-sit quandary that you've been struggling with forever? Yeah, I've got a tough one. We talked about it a second ago. I have this in one of my leagues. So, guys, if you have questions, don't be bashful. Sometimes even the people on the pod have questions. So start Sammy Watkins, Marquise Goodwin, or Philip Dorsett. PPR league, lots of bonuses, Ooh. big scoring. It's my third receiver. Need some help. Marquis Goodwin. You don't even know Goodwin's healthy. I mean, if Goodwin's if, healthy, he's the, he's the clear choice in my opinion. Yeah. I'm checking on Sunday morning, check the injury report Friday, but Marquis Goodwin is my type of receiver, that affinity <sighs> for former track stars. But also it's like we just talked about. Marquis Goodwin is Jimmy G's favorite target. Yeah, and he was a really good option when Jimmy finally started. Yeah, to play. I think I would go basically your reverse order that you listed them. Goodwin's number one, Dorsett number two, Watkins number three. Because I think Dorsett could still be in line for a good game. Uh, you're going to have Jalen Ramsey likely be shadowing Gronk. 
which means Chris Hogan is going to get um, what's his name AJ Boye treatment, and Dorsett's going to be operating, you know, relatively freely then throughout the uh, throughout the Jaguar secondary. And I think Dorsett has shown that he can do a lot more than just stretching the field. Uh, I I was listening to Bill Simmons and he described him as a faster Dion Branch, which uh, I'm not against. I'm not against, and clearly Brady trusts him. And then Sammy Watkins. I mean, I already talked about Sammy Watkins. We already know how I feel about it. You guys have convinced me. I'm going with Sammy Watkins. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, there you go. There's the epic start-sit quandary that we solved for Clark by giving him everyone other than he picked. Nailed it. So subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, all these good things. Rate, review, leave five stars. Uh, leave some nice comments say that we're enjoyable that you like listening to us talk about fantasy football uh, follow us on Twitter like Clark referenced everyone has fantasy questions if you have fantasy questions tweet them at us at RB1 podcast uh, if you tweet them before we record these shows we'll answer them on the show if not we will try our best to respond to you on the Twitter sphere follow myself at Pete M. Rogers follow Clark at NFL Clark follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 um, good luck everyone your week two matchups and uh, we will be back at you next week to recap and discuss uh, who helped no one and all that kind of good stuff so until then enjoy the weekend and peace to do an rb1 podcast update at some point the what uh the the fantasy league oh do we need to do an update who scored the most points this week <laughs> clark i'm surprised you didn't casually drop that in conversation well you know you know you only toot your horn so many times right i think i did it like four times this podcast so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just and four four is the perfect five time. is gauche five is gauche everyone knows that